Welcome to The Secret Life of Parkinson's, a podcast trying to break the barriers and stigma around PD to lessen the fear. It's a disease no one likes to talk about. When people hear Parkinson's, they're afraid, even if they don't know exactly what it is. This podcast is led by Parkinson's patients talking about their daily life with PD. I'm your host, Jessica Krauser. Hi, and welcome back to The Secret Life of Parkinson's. I'm your host, Jessica Krauser, and I'm here with Brian Baker. Hello. And it's just the two of us again, again today. I know. I'm starting to enjoy your time, my time with you. <laughs> I'm starting to enjoy your time with me. I don't know what you just said, but yeah, yeah. sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> um, so I'm actually, I'm really excited for our topic today. Um, we get a lot of comments on our videos, which is great. Um, mostly positive comments or comments of people sharing their own stories or um, you know their their thanks or appreciation but lately we've been getting a couple of questions oh, I thought you were gonna say negative comments oh like, no. no I will hunt these people down. <laughs> no no negative comments please um, but no we, we got a couple of questions um, because we always talk about our Parkinson's community that we have with mm -hmm. PD next steps and there's a lot of people that don't have that and um, so we're going to go over one of the questions now, and we'll do a another question in another episode. But um, the question came from one of the listeners that, you know, he thought he had a good doctor until he realized that the doctor was just treating the disease and not the patient. So his question was, you know, what criteria does you know, do um, Parkinson's patients, those within our group, look for in finding the right neurologist or movement disorder specialist? So I asked the question to um, everybody at the gym, and I had a, a lot of different responses. But before I jump into theirs, I'd like to hear from you. If you think about what do you look for in finding the right neurologist or MDS, what do you look for? So now that I'm involved in the community of you know our little community, I ask other people who they're seeing, whether mm -hmm. or not they like them. So before that, I was sent to an MDS from a normal neurologist. Um, when I went to that neurologist or that MDS, that's when I was officially diagnosed. And I asked my doctor at my uh, regular Your primary care. My primary care. I was like, mm -hmm. you know, what do you know about this doctor? Do you know anything about him? Can that's you share anything? Um, I asked around as I started getting more involved in the community of Parkinson's. I started asking who, who they're going who they're going to see, and I realized everybody was kind of going to see the same doctors. Mm -hmm. So I felt comfortable. And um, there, you know, there was there was a, sp a specific gentleman that didn't like this doctor, mm -hmm. and I was like, really? And he's like, they just they didn't click. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that that happens. You know, sometimes they don't click yeah. with the doctor. So, um, so that's a big piece of it. But I think asking people in the community. Um, doing research online um mm -hmm. you know on neurologists see if they're published see what they came from and asking questions like where do they come from are they coming from the like the one doctor i went to he came from more of the research side then mm -hmm. you know so he was more involved in that side of things initially yeah um and he's you know built out the the ohio health pra practice you know um i did switch you mm -hmm. know mds's because i felt i wanted somebody that was a little more aggressive than what uh, the traditional approach was so I talked to uh, people within our group and found another uh, MDS that I th that I felt was a little more aggressive in his you know yeah. attack, attacking the, the the disease versus just kind of 
yeah. dealing with it. Because that's that, and that's what you wanted. So that's yeah, that's great. That, you brought up a couple of different things that when I was um, reading through uh, everyone's emails, same similar stories came out. So for example, um, you know, asking for a recommendation. So hopefully you it's good that you went back to your primary care physician asking about the movement disorder specialist because a lot of us see our general neurologist first right. and we might not know them as well but if you do trust in your neurologist or if you know them well and go with their recommendation that's great or if you have trust in your primary care physician and go on their recommendation is also yeah good. i think the important thing is and my primary care pushed me towards a neurologist, you mm-hmm. know, but I think that's the biggest thing is don't stay with your primary care because they don't, they don't focus on this yeah. disease. They, they're obviously primary care. So yeah. get in with a neurologist, get in with an MDS if you can possibly. I know there's fewer than those out there, but um, even if it's, you know, uh, it's worth it to me, it'd be worth it to drive four or five hours once a year to just be seen by an MDS. Mm -hmm. No, and that actually brings me to um, another um, answer that was brought up uh, from one of the responses. And it was, you know, even though how much you might love your primary care physician or your general neurologist, you know, this individual went and had um, a discussion with both of them. I actually have his email here. And so he said, you know, there's a lot of things that he found that um, his neurologist did not do things that the movement disorder specialist did. And he's like, it could be very, you know, simple things um, such as the, um, you know, the tapping that we do with our fingers and our feet. They said, you know, even something like that um, wasn't done to help understand are there issues with uh with balance and the other movement checks or you know the those uh the general neurologist or the pcp didn't uh check for those hidden symptoms so like the depression or the apathy or and uh, sleep or constipation things like that and then they also said um how do you put it it was it was actually really good and i didn't think about this and this is where i think it gets to the point of you know, some doctors are looking to treat a disease or treat the symptoms, not treat the patient. And he said, you know, he went in and with chronic constipation, depression, sleep issues, um, you know, balance, different things. And he's like, they were very different and separate symptoms. And they were trying to treat them all separately. He's like, but I feel like if somebody else would have seen maybe not in the beginning, but as these started clumping together to say, okay, all these symptoms paint a picture and the answer is Parkinson's. Yeah. I think, I think we've all heard we have to be our biggest advocate. Yes. Um, So we've heard that over and over. So educating ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we are lucky enough to live in a community where it has and belong to a Parkinson's community that we have a lot of speakers come in and talk Mm -hmm. to us. So we know what to expect. Uh, different things, different neurologists, different doctors coming in, different specialists coming in. Um, but educating yourself, you know, this podcast, there's other podcasts out there. There's, yeah. Uh, you know, the National Parkinson's Association. There. And I know I mean, it gets overwhelming. There's so much stuff out there. But taking the time and either looking at it or having somebody else look at it for you and yeah. is, is important. Yeah. And the other thing that you touched on is an, another answer that somebody brought up, which is, is interesting, is, you know, not everybody, you know, meshes 
well with everybody, you right. know. It's, you know, you want everybody to be your best friend and but not it does it's okay if you see a doctor that everybody seems to love but it's not the one for you. Yeah. It's cuz it is a relationship, you know, we're in this forever and that is really important. So if you go to your first appointment or you actually uh, um I think somebody mentioned make it just your first three appointments, 3 to 5, and if you don't click then go see somebody else. Yeah. You know, this is your life. This is your body. You should be a partner in the decision making. That was another piece. Like, be part of the decision and not have the doctor tell you, all right, just do this and go about your day. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, I've heard a lot of times the primary care physicians where they just uh, subscribe sentiment and say take as much to yeah. normal. Yeah. But, but, you know, you and I both went through a whole different class of medications, multiple classes of mm-hmm. medications before we got to that one. Right. So, the, you know, that's another part of it is is when somebody does that, it's like, oh, the, you know, they, they, did, they may not know about these other medications that are mm-hmm. less impactful or, you know, to you that are less damaging or impactful to your lives. Than, yeah. So it is important to get with the right physician, the right neurologist, the right movement disorder specialist. Um, and I think you can probably tell right away if it's somebody who's going to be there for you or is somebody that, that's just treating the disease. Because if yeah. they are there for you, they're going to listen. Um, this is another thing that was brought up. They're going to listen to everything. Mm-hmm. They kind of almost listen to your whole life story. So. You know, I go see Dr. Malone at Ohio Health, and she did a fantastic job. I didn't, I didn't think twice about would I go see somebody else just because we hit it off really well in the beginning. But she listened to all my symptoms. She asked questions to pull out other things that were symptoms that I didn't know, like when I had the you know feeling of emptiness, you know, joyless, whatever. I didn't know that that was part of it yeah. until she was helping me put the pieces together and that i think looking back it's like i didn't have criteria for what kind of doctor i'd want to see but that is definitely um big on my list yeah i was talking to somebody just just last week i think we went i had lunch lunch with a friend and uh she was telling me that when she went to the the movement disorder specialist she's goes to now that is the first time that that he basically looked at her, her husband answered for her and he he turned to her and said okay now i want you to answer for yourself and mm-hmm. so he started it's the first time she said somebody cared what she had to say versus explaining to him what what, what was, was going to happen so yeah. so she clicked right away she's like oh he cares you know he it's all about me now he cares what i have to say he cares how i feel mm-hmm. and that made her feel like this is the right doctor yeah I actually had on the flip side, I felt good because when Derek was with me that first time, you know, she, her and I were talking and discussing, but, you know, she would like literally stop, sit and look directly at me or to look directly at Derek and ask the question or, or answer his question and versus, you know, she's not like, you know, right now every doctor, you feel like you're going in for a quick checkup at any physician. They're like on their computer, they have to type things in, but, you know, she stopped and she was having a conversation with us and was, right. you know, that that went a long way as well. Yeah, I mean, we know there there is a short window that they have, but I've never, by the neurologist that I've seen, I've never felt rushed. That That's the other thing, too, that actually that surprised me. Um, I saw uh, Dr. Malone, like, when I was diagnosed, and I swear I was, like, back in, in, like, six weeks or 
three months. I can't remember. And then I, I think I went back again three months. Like I was yeah. seeing her every three to four months, yeah. just in the beginning at least, to to to, to write my dosage and right. probably make sure that what we're doing was was working or if it wasn't working. And there's a lot of people that were just diagnosed and they're like, oh, I don't have an appointment for another year. I'm yeah. Like, Holy crap. No, I was going every, so originally I was going to see the neurologist every six months and the physician assistant every three. So okay. it, was, it would alternate, I'd see the physician assistant, mm -hmm. the neurologist, physician assistant, neurologist. But I was in there every three months yeah. until I said, so then I got to every six months and I just see the neurologist every six months. Mm -hmm. I think I think once you get everything figured out, they they usually go six months or a year. Mm -hmm. so. I'm sorry, I'm having a lot of toe pain right now. Um, I'm not rubbing your feet. <laughs> Please, I don't want you to. <laughs> um, the other thing I think we need to ta we should tackle here is you know this thing about we've had a little experiment with somebody down in Florida that has kind of joined our community from yeah. a distance, and that's the other thing is. You know, if you're a listener to this podcast, if you have Parkinson's, you know, we do Zoom the classes on Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, there's other exercise programs that are out there online. So it doesn't matter. You know, with today's technology, it doesn't matter where you live. Yeah. If you want to be part of this community, you know, we'll usually, most people we welcome. I mean, we so, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Stop it. No, we welcome everybody. So there's, there's Zoom classes. There's... Um, you know, we've kind of experimented a little bit with the, with the person out of Florida. And I wonder if the same goes for physicians, right? Because there's Teladoc. Yeah, Teladoc. And I, I mean, I did Teladoc oh, with Dr. Malone. Um, I have to be, you have to be in Ohio for her to do it. But, you know, if there's somebody that's not close to you within your state, you know, at least for follow-ups, I'm wondering mm -hmm. that's going to be helpful. Yeah, I did my first visit at the Cleveland Clinic for, for my DVS. Did you? Tell it, yeah, it's like, oh, okay. like, we can tell, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, if I don't drive up there. That's nice. That's yeah. good. So, yeah, technology can be a good thing uh, sometimes. The um, uh, There was one other um, piece. Oh, it was building the um, having another piece of criteria that I think is important that I didn't think of before was the resources and the team that surrounds your MDS. So when we we talk about Ohio Health all the time, because that's where we go, but they have, um, like every time I leave, I swear I get a, I get a call from as a follow-up because we talked about um, physical therapy or occupational therapy yeah. or just uh, uh, what's like you're, when you're emotional, just like regular therapy. Mental health. Mental health, I don't know. Um, when you know going through de depression and things like that but they have groups they have um uh, teams that they're it's it's not just your mds it is right. a whole group of a medical yeah. team and that i think is important yeah i know when i was going to the, the one doctor there uh you know like your visit you, you had like so much time with him and then mm -hmm. if you wanted time he there was always a lot of there was a lot of time for a physical therapist or an occupational mm -hmm. therapist to to bring you to, to have a you know, come in and talk to you about whatever's challenging you at yeah. the time. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, anything else that you would recommend? No. Okay. Just don't get don't get this disease. Well, <laughs> no, but for the ones that have it, it's like don't don't settle. Yeah, and that, like I said, you got to be your your best advocate, and it's your own best advocate, and it's it's unfortunate um, that. 
not all doctors have the same bedside manner. And yeah. That, you know, you don't click with everybody, but yeah. it's just, it's just like but anything else. Life. Yeah. It's just like anything else. You're not going to get along with everybody. Right. So do your research. Mm-hmm. And if you don't click, find somebody else, um, find those that, you know, somebody might recommend because again, this is your life. This is your body. This is your brain. Yeah. And like I said, and like you or like you said, if telehealth, if you have to go every six months, maybe you go once a year to mm-hmm. Ohio health or OSU or Mount Carmel, wherever, you know, wherever you mm-hmm. want to go or here in Columbus and you, you know, you or Cleveland clinic or wherever, if you're here in Ohio, there's great healthcare all across mm-hmm. the, the state, but you know, maybe you don't click with one doctor. Make don't the, give up. Yeah, don't make the drive to Columbus or yeah. Cleveland to, to visit the right doctor they do click with. Yeah, and I mean, if, you, if you're, you know, not feeling, obviously, no one feels confident when they have Parkinson's, but if you don't have somebody who's on your side as a partner, making you part of those decisions, what? Like nationwide on your side. Nationwide is on your side. No, seriously, like if they're, if you don't have somebody who's in your corner, they're not right for you because right. it's definitely a relationship that you need to keep building in a partnership. Yep. Okay. All right. So in our last 30 seconds, I'll ask you all this. If you or a loved one has Parkinson's and you enjoy learning or just hearing from others with Parkinson's, leave us a comment or a question that we can try and help answer for you. We'll do our best to reach out into our community and share our insights Uh, that we can. So thanks again for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you all next time. The Secret Life of Parkinson's is produced by Melissa Carlson and Steve Brandenburg. To contact us, email info at thesecretlifeofpd.org. The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not responsible or liable for any medical advice, diagnosis, course of treatment, or any other information obtained through this podcast. The information provided by The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard on this podcast. You are encouraged to consult a physician for a definitive diagnosis.